best. The best. Oh, well, happy leadership talk. Love you all, every single person who's in the room, but also for those of you listening later. Um, man, I cannot believe that God would love me enough. I feel like I say this so often, but I feel like I feel it in my bones every time. Um, that God would love me enough to let me be a part of this church family, to get to serve here, to know every single one of you, to like wash feet with people and then serve under the pastors that we get. Like it just, it doesn't make sense, but I'm grateful. Even though I'm like, I don't know how to wrap my head around it. I'm grateful that like my heart can be wrapped around it. Um, and so normally in these leadership talks, whenever I have the honor uh, to share, I'm I'm like, okay, I try to like tune in my inner Pastor Earl and Pastor Nika, and I'm like, let me get the matching words. And I'm like, all the different things that have like TD Jakes, and I'm like, here's the revelation from the Lord. Uh, and as I was praying for this moment, um, I actually felt God drop in my heart a verse um, that I really sit on a lot, and it's um, in Philemon 1 8 through 9. And it's Paul speaking, and he says, I could tell you what to do. Like in Christ, I have the authority to kind of give you marching orders and to tell you what to do, but I actually want to appeal to you on the basis of love. And so actually today, instead of just giving marching orders, instead of giving you five things, which those things are so helpful and so good for your soul, I actually just want to appeal to you in love and share from my heart and a little bit of my uh, journal. And so I'm just letting you into my heart. I'm so excited about it. Um, but it all started with the kolache, okay? <laughs> so I'll start with the kolache, all right? Um, I'd never had a kolache. I moved to Dallas and to me, it was just a hot dog with a bunch too much bread, okay? I never had had one, um, but I was actually up at our White Rock campus serving during the week at, for our sisterhood, which we now call Orchid. And one of my old mentors was like, hey, let's go get donuts and kolaches. And I was like, I've never had kolaches. I'm like, this is terrible, but I'm gonna try it anyways. So we actually are in the donut shop on Garland Road. It's a couple blocks um, up from our White Rock campus. And she actually, and we're like eating this kolache and I'm like, oh, it's just a lot of bread and all the different things. And then I end up loving it. I'm like, wow, God can change a hard heart. Uh, <laughs> and she kind of, as I'm like mid-dogging these kolaches, uh, she's like, hey, Crystal, yeah, just um, real quick question. Do you want to come on to our staff team potentially? And I was like, what? And she's like, have you ever thought about it? And I was like, huh? Like I was so caught off guard um, by her question and because I had like a comfortable life, I really loved like the career that I was in and the things that God had trusted me. My, that career actually landed me in Dallas. Like had I not had that, I wouldn't have had Shoreline City. And so I was like, I really just kind of rubbed it off and I was like, no, I don't want to. And we just kind of kept eating donuts and kolaches and we just kind of kept it moving. And so then a few weeks later, I'm giving you the short version, I actually get a voice memo from Eric Sewing, who is our White Rock campus pastor, who we love and adore, um, and he sends me a voice memo. He says, hey, Crystal, if you've ever even just considered it, would you just have the conversation about potentially stepping onto our team? He's like, you're a leader. He reminded me of who I was, and he's just like, and God's gonna decide. Like, it's up to God anyway, so just if have the conversation. Um, so I was like, fine. I'll have a conversation. Like, I'll be easy breezy about it, um, which is funny looking back now, but that, the end of the story will come later. Uh, and so all to say is I say yes, and I enter the interview process, and I have an interview with Pastors Earl and Onika, and they're so, it didn't even feel like an interview. It felt like they were loving on me and pastoring me and all the different things. It was so crazy, and I was like, I can't believe these are my pastors. So after that interview, immediately I fly to D.C. I'm doing an event. I'm at the Washington Memorial, and on the way back, I actually get a call um, from Miss Judy, um, who's our, one of our executive pastors here, and um, she leaves me a voice memo. And I didn't really know her at the time. She's like, this 
is Judy Brown calling from Shoreline City Church. Um, leaving a message in regards to Crystal Lee Rivera. I'm like, yes, it's me. <laughs> and she's like, please call me in regards to your appointment with Shoreline City. And in that moment, my stomach dropped because I felt like I didn't get it. And up until that moment, I didn't want it. And I was just like, but God, I didn't want this. I was like, what in the world? So I'm in my Uber and I called Judy back and I had an intern from my previous job in the car. I was like, put your headphones on. And they put their headphones on. I called Judy and I'm like, my heart's about to be broken. I'm really confused. I'm like, what is this? And Judy's like, you know, hey, we'd love for you to come onto the staff team. Will you come sit with me at my dining room table tomorrow? And I immediately knew it was a yes. But I wanted but I wanted to say no to the thing that God was offering me. It reminds me of a story in 2 Kings. There's this woman, Elisha the prophet. It says, like, you're going to have a son. And, she, and I'm paraphrasing it so you can read it later. It's in chapter 4. And she's like, no. Like, no, no, no. Don't lie to me. Like, don't, don't give me a son. And he's like, well, you're going to have one anyways. He's like, I'm going to bless you with one anyway. So God ends up blessing her with a son. And then that son ends up getting sick and he actually ends up dying. So she then goes back to this prophet who rubbed her the wrong way in the first place and was just like, hey, my son's dead. I'm not leaving here till I get a miracle and my son's back alive. And so she literally marches to him and marches all the way back. And Elisha stretches himself over this little boy and he like comes to life. And when I think of her and I think of me, God was both trusting us with responsibility and trying to give us something that would end up actually blessing us on the other side, but we didn't realize the responsibility would actually end up benefiting us in the long term because that little boy ended up being somebody she loved. That little boy actually increased her faith because before she told the prophet, do not lie to me. She didn't believe him at first, but now she had enough faith to actually march them and say, if you don't come, I'm not leaving because my little boy needs to live. So what I didn't realize, and I think what so many of us don't realize is that when God hands us an opportunity to serve, it's like, I don't want to serve. I don't want to give to heaven or earth. I don't want to show up first in my business. I don't want to lead. I don't want to be a manager. I don't want to be the only college student who's a believer. I don't want to be the only person in my friend group who doesn't take shots. I don't want to be the only person in my family who goes to college. Whenever you're saying that, what I didn't know then and that I know now is that you're actually saying, no, God, I don't want any more restoration. No, God, I don't want any more healing. No, God, I don't want any more growth. No, God, I don't want any more family. No, God, I don't want to be trusted with more territory. No, God, I don't want more influence. I didn't know what I was saying no to. The woman in the story didn't know what she was saying no to. What I didn't realize I was saying no to, and I'm trying not to get emotional about this, was this family. I have found healing here. I have found a family that I sit at the dining room table for at Thanksgiving dinner. I have found a family that doesn't let me settle for scrubs. <laughs> and if you're one of those from the past, God redeems all things and it's okay. Glad you're listening. Glad you're listening. <laughs> I just didn't realize 
I just didn't realize that that's what I was saying, that I was saying no to. So God consistently offers us opportunities to step into leadership, not because he wants our hands, but because he wants to hold our hearts. He wants to heal our hearts. And then he wants to use you to hold and heal somebody else's heart. So I know that it's scary. I know that it's scary to show up to serve for the very first time in the serve team who's listening to this. You know what it feels like. I know that it's scary that when your team lead comes asking you to be a team captain, you're like, am I ready to love on people? Am I ready to text somebody when they're in a hard time? I know that it's scary to think about launching a business when you've never seen anybody do it in a respectable way before. I know, I know, I know that it's scary. And you're asking yourself, do I have what it takes? I've sat, I've had the honor of sitting across from so many of you. And you're like, I don't know if I have what it takes. You do because God has you. You have what it takes because God has you. In Exodus, when God is speaking to Moses in the burning bush, he's like, hey, you're going to free my people. And Moses is like, now, nah, fam, it's not going to be me. He's like, how could I, how could I be the person? Who am I? God did not respond with who Moses was. God responded with who he was. And so I feel like I'm on assignment here on this leadership talk today to spread over this serve team in our church family like Elisha did to that little boy, like this church family has done to me, like our pastors have done to me, and to remind you that the great I am lives on the inside of you and that when you're presented with opportunity, don't say no to your future, don't say no to your family, don't say no to growth, don't say no to freedom, don't say no to breaking generational curses, say Say yes. Say yes to God. Because what you're saying yes is actually so much more. So much more. You think you're giving so much, but it is such a small exchange for what God is actually giving to you. So give sacrificially. Show up sacrificially. I actually found an email I sent to Tyler um, Scott in response to my interview with pastors Earl and Onika. Um, And I'm going to read it to you guys here today. This is five and a half, almost six years ago. Um, It says, Pastor Zerla Onika, thank you so much for taking the time today to meet with me to connect about the director team member role. It was such an honor to be a part of this house, and I'm beyond honored that you'd set aside time to connect with me. The ways in which you lead and love and pastor this house is truly Christ-like, and for that I'm grateful. Thank you for letting me be a part of the journey of making it on earth as it is in heaven. I'm so confident in what God has in store for Shoreline City and expecting of all the visions and dreams to continue to come from your hearts. I'm ready to run this race alongside of this house, whether on the staff or the serve team. Praying you and the team have complete peace, clarity into this decision to come. And I really felt like everybody listening to this has a version of this email that they need to submit to the Lord. There is something that you need to get on your knees for and submit to the Lord and say, I've been saying no for too long. I've been saying no to what you have for me for too long. And so my encouragement and my challenge, if I, the Bible talks about like, people will come to know you by the word of your testimony. So let the word of my testimony encourage you that God has so much on the other side of your yes to leadership. I believe in you, Shoreline City, and I love you so very much.